0: nepotism is apparently an issue in the nfl it is officially mock draft season and what are our thoughts on the brady retirement reports and speculation all that and more on this episode of locked on bucks podcast let's go
1: you are locked on buccaneers your daily tampa bay buccaneers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: What's up and welcome to the Locked on Bucks podcast. Thank you for making Locked on Bucks your first listen or first watch every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including the YouTubes. I am James Jarco, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked on Bucks, at Jarco underscore Bucks, at Harrison 82 and at Bucks underscore
1: Nation. And we do absolutely appreciate you making the Locked On Bucks podcast. First listener, first view every single day. Uh, despite the fact that I have access to the script, I, re- I did not expect the word nepotism to be the first word out of your mouth, so it kind of caught me by surprise. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that just yet. We're going to talk about we'll get there. Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady uh, and the rumors circulating, the speculation circulating uh, that th- that we may have seen Tom Brady's last game in the NFL, James. Um, reports surfacing before the game, really kind of the week leading up to, I know a uh, former, former Pat's teammate of Tom Brady's, can't remember his name right now, off the top of my head, kind of mentioned uh, that he thought this, you know, Tom Brady might retire after this season. I know follow-ups were asked from other people and and uh, there there were some other some other words said, but like shortly before the game really is really where this thing kind of took steam, which is always interesting timing. Like, as, a, as a player is about to walk on the field for a playoff game, uh, these types of reports start coming out and According to Adam Schefter uh, of ESPN, quote: Although Brady could decide to play to get play again, he has talked about playing until he's 45 and even beyond. It is currently far from a given. Sources told ESPN, Brady's departure is a topic that quietly has come up within the Tampa Bay organization for weeks now, and there has been internal uncertainty about what the future holds for the seven-time Super Bowl champion and all-time NFL passing leader. Brady 44 plans to take time after the season ends a month or longer to assess how he feels physically and mentally while also gauging his family's desires, sources told ESPN, end quote. And that last part is particularly interesting because you go back to the 2020-2021 Super Bowl win for the Buccaneers and when Giselle uh, joins Tom on the field, what does she say to him? What more do you have to prove? And I would argue that that really kind of still weighs true today is Tom Brady really has nothing to prove uh, to anybody. And in some ways, the the comeback that wasn't, almost just as much shows how great he really is and how great a team can be when Tom Brady is your quarterback, even though they didn't win the game.
0: Right, and of course, uh, media, as as any media member would have, asked Tom Brady about it after the game, and Tom Brady responded the way you would expect Tom Brady to respond. He says, I haven't put a lot of thought into it, so you know we will just take it day by day and kind of see where we are at. Truthfully, guys, I'm thinking about this game I'm not thinking about anything past five minutes from now. And then Bruce Arians commented on it after the game on Sunday, as well as when he met with the media on Monday. On Sunday, he said, that's up to Tom, just like all veteran players. Pretty plain and simple. And uh, then he says on Monday, no, I haven't talked to him yet. Take all the time he needs. We'll see. Again, uh, pretty much what you would expect BA to say. Now, I don't have the quote pulled up. David, but Gronk was asked about it on Monday. Mm-hmm. And he said that, you know, Tom's going to take some time away. Gronk said that he himself is going to take some time away, but right. that he wouldn't rule out returning even if Tom does retire. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's there's a lot playing into this. Tom Brady was committed to this team, um, you know, after the Super Bowl win last year. He, he signs the one-year extension, frees up some money. Now, all of a sudden, it, it seems like we have this conversation every year for like the last decade right but a lot of people Schefter Ian Rappaport they're all saying like it's it's a little different this time and there might be some actual legs to it so let's let's start with you uh in your opinion is Tom Brady the quarterback of the Buccaneers in 2022 or are we like full-on retirement watch maybe start gearing up for some quarterback conversation here on this show, you know, heading into the uh, free agency period in the
1: draft. I think Tom's coming back as of right now. I don't see a guy that's that's ready to hang it up. You know what I mean? I see a guy that's tired. Uh, and I think right now, like playing, playing in the NFL in the day of COVID is a little bit more taxing than I think that it usually is. You know, Tom's a big family guy. Uh, he dedicates a lot of time to the game of football, to his, to his preparation, to his health, to his workouts and all that stuff. So he likes to, to emphasize his family time when he has it, well, part of that family time is road trips, you know, if, if, if his wife, if his family is on the road with him, well, during the, these periods of uh, these players are restricted a lot in what they can and can't do as far as, especially when they're traveling uh, to play, to play a game. So I think that possibly has a little bit of something to do with the fatigue, but I mean, you know, you go back to when he left the new England Patriots and I, and I remember watching the end of that game, you know, the, it ends on a pick six, similarly heartbreaking fashion. I mean, this one comes out of Brady's hands, whereas the other one, you know, he's on the sidelines watching it, but Kind of a similar heartbreaking type exit, really not, you know, expected. I think obviously the Rams beating uh, the Buccaneers was a little bit more anticipated than, you know, the, the Titans beating the Patriots that year, but still very similar when he walked off the field. I mean, he just looked like a guy that wasn't coming back when he had his press conference, even though he said basically the same words, I'm going to take some time and think about it. We'll talk to the organization. Dah, dah, dah. He said all the right words, but his body language was different. Well, this time, There was no looking around the stadium. You know what I mean? There was no thank you to the fans. And I know I think it was Zach Blobner tweeted this exact thing, basically, uh, that I'm about to say. And that's basically it is like there was no farewell. There was no, you know, uh, tip of the cap, nothing like that. And when he's standing at the podium, this is not a guy, you know, the body language and the way he was talking was not that of a guy who's making his final exit from the field. It's about guys making his final exit for the season. And then, of course, he puts up the Instagram uh, post this morning or Monday morning. what was the hashtag? I think the hashtag was like get better or something. I don't know. It was, it was based on something along the lines of like moving forward. I don't see a retirement coming. I see a rebound coming for Tom Brady. I think he's the quarterback of the Buccaneers in twenty twenty two.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100%. There was no like going back out onto the field and taking it all in one last time before he left. And, you know, there was no taking off the hat and tipping it to the fans as he left or whatever. It, it was a guy that looked like, He was frustrated with the way the season ended, and he, I don't see Tom Brady going out that way. Now, on kind of the business aspect of things, Greg Allman of The Athletic, godfather of the podcast, he tweeted out that if Brady were to retire, he would have to pay the Buccaneers back $16 million, and he would leave them with a dead cap number of $24 million. Now, Hmm. not only can I not see Brady paying back $16 million. But I mean, he could afford to, if he really wanted to walk away, he'd be like, you know what? My wife could make that in a weekend. Like I'm TV not, well, it
1: makes that. I mean,
0: right. I just launched my new, you know, clothing brand where a, a plain white t-shirts, $85. Like, yeah, sure. Take my $16 million, whatever. But I can't see him putting the Buccaneers in a situation where not only do they have to replace him, but now they have twenty four million dollars tied up in not having him. I just I don't see him walking away like that, and I think all those factor in together. Um, we're probably going to get a little bit better of idea uh, as to where he is when when the Bucks are able to start trying to piece together the team again. He may not have Byron Leftwich next year. Byron Leftwich. It it looks more and more like he is about to become the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Um, so maybe Brady and and Bruce Arians now being the co offensive coordinators and and kind of running this thing, it's it's gonna make for for one final run for both of them. And I'm here for the Brady Revenge Tour 2022, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially when you remember every single team left in the playoffs right now, AFC and NFC side. All of them are regular season opponents of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. in 2022, <laughs> including the Los Angeles Rams, obviously. So, I mean, you can get back at the Rams. You can show everybody you would have beat the Niners, and you can show everybody you would have beat the Bengals or the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Given, the, I mean, everybody already knows the Bucs could beat the Chiefs because, well, you did it, right? 31 to 9. So, there's a lot that we do know. There's a lot that we don't know. Of course, obviously, we're going to play it you know, by year as we go through and we'll react to the news as it comes out for you here all all season long guys locked on bucks is five days a week all year long we're not going to be off next week we're not going to take off you know until the scouting combine we are here five days a week i think july we're going to take a little bit of time off in july but until then we're going to be here for you and right here right now is matt from perth coming all the way from australia james to drop some bucks nation knowledge morning guys matt here from perth western australia uh the end of what was a good season, not a great season, but a good season. Uh,
0: the bucks were fantastic in that final half. Uh, and I reckon my one takeaway from this is if you blame the loss on one decision or two decisions on plays at the end of the game, then you haven't watched the whole game. Look, we, we did well in the second half. I think uh, for me to sit and watch, and I don't unfortunately get to sit and watch too many games, it was a bloody fantastic game. Excellent comeback. And, uh, and I think the boys should be very proud of themselves. But uh, onwards and upwards next year, go Bucks.
1: Here at the Locked On Bucks podcast, we don't blame officials for losses, but there are some things we need to discuss as it pertains to officiating this weekend. And we're going to do that here in just a minute. But first, let's talk about finishing the season strong. The Bucks can't do it. Unfortunately, it's out of our control, but that doesn't mean Bucks Nation shouldn't. And bet online remains the number one spot for all your sports wagering action in 2022 through the playoffs into the Super Bowl. And then, whatever other sports you like to wager money on. Check out the new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just by using the promo code locked on. Whether you're looking for that football finish, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, or even your favorite Vegas casino games that are never out of season, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing things going on in 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager in all your favorite sports. Bet online. Where the game starts. James and I complain about officiating coming up here, but first let's hear from Yousef out in Phoenix. Hey guys, this is Yusef out here in Phoenix. I
0: never once doubted this comeback. And even though we came up short, I am so damn proud of this team for everyone overcoming adversity from the AB drama to losing Chris Godwin to losing Tristan Wirfs, everything that this team went through this year. And the team just kept running through wall after wall after wall. I'm appreciative of the last two years, and I'm under the belief that Tom Brady will be back next year. After next year, all bets are off. Words can't express how appreciative I am. I'm excited for the offseason. Looking forward to hear what you got to say about the draft. I got nothing bad to say, and I know fans don't want to hear that because after a crushing loss, I'm keeping my head high today. As you know, not getting too high, but not too low. And as always, go Bucks.
1: Thank you for making the Locked on Unlocked Podcast. First listener, first view every single day, free and available on all platforms. A big announcement, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show is going on the road to L.A. for Super Week. Follow the Peacock and Williamson NFL show today. The most comprehensive coverage of the big game. It's free and available on all platforms. And Brian Peacock, one of the hosts of the Locked on 49ers podcast. So in the running to potentially be there covering the big game for a national NFL show and his own local 49ers show that would be big for Brian. Obviously, wish him all the luck in the world. Go, San Francisco! John Lynches. thanks to uh, Matt and Yusuf there for the voicemails and look uh, more appreciation, James. And th- I mentioned this on yesterday's episode in the voicemails from Bucks Nation. Love hearing the appreciation. Bucks fans have been through a lot of struggles over the years, and mm-hmm. this is really kind of the first time that the, the Buccaneers have been one of the favorites going to the postseason. Get a postseason win, ultimately get eliminated. Usually, it's kind of an all or nothing thing. Like even when the team made it to the playoffs following. Uh, the first Super Bowl win, it was kind of an embarrassing, almost like a laughable way uh, of getting bounced out, almost like they didn't really belong there uh, in the first place. So, you know, a little bit of a shift in dynamic and appreciate, I appreciate hearing the appreciation from guys like Matt, guys like Youssef, and some of our other callers as well, even though there is some frustration. And James, some of that frustration coming from Mr. Sean Hockley, referee, well, towards, who, towards you know, from- our, our history uh, or towards, yeah, it's Sean Hockey. Our history of talking, officiating on this show, we don't usually, we're not usually simpatico when we're talking about officials. We'll see if we are here via a pool report on the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty called on Bucks quarterback Tom Brady, the first in his entire career. The first penalty, I'm 39 years old, James. Tom Brady joined the National Football League when I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And it took until I was almost 40 for him to get an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty Hockley said, quote, he got in my face in an aggressive manner and used abusive language. As for the hit, we did not think it rose to the level of roughing the passer. End quote. So the helmet to the chin that Tom Brady took, causing blood to emanate from his oral region, did not rise to the standard, according to Baby Muscles Hockley, to throw a flag. But the mean words that Tom Brady said. On a field of play during playoff football, on a warm, cold for Florida standards, but warm for everybody else standards Sunday afternoon, hurt his feelings to the point where he felt like the Buccaneers needed to have their playoff chances skimmed by a healthy 15 yards. Did not cause the loss. Let's just get that out of the way right now. Did not cause the loss. But that is some poo-poo if I've ever seen it.
0: First and foremost, the only reason Sean Hockley is a referee is because of his
1: dad. that word second time that show third time that show has been said on this or that word has been said on this episode
0: everyone's afraid of his dad because his dad's biceps make hulk hogan look like steve urkel and for those of you that get that reference i appreciate all of you sean hockley's the worst and when the when the official when the announcements of the officials for the games this past weekend were announced i remember distinctly rick stroud quote tweeting you know, the announcement and he goes, there will be flags. And I'm like, okay, I don't follow the referees close enough to know like which crew really focuses on this or that. I was like, but I know people are not big fans of Sean Hockley, but I honestly couldn't remember if Hockley had done a Bucks games Bucks game this year. He throws the second most flags this year, 223. For the second most penalty yards, two thousand nine. The second fewest unsportsmanlike penalty flags this year. You want to know how many unsportsmanlike penalties he and his crew threw this year, David? Up until I, I up until yesterday. Do. Yes,
1: I absolutely do. Two. That crew
0: had thrown two unsportsmanlike penalties. All year. And Tom Brady walks over to him. No one makes me bleed my own blood. (laughs) With choice words mixed in. After he took a crown of the helmet to the face. Four days after on his let's go show, he says, I've probably gotten away with some unsportsmanlike penalties for the way I talk to the referees. Sean Hockley was a hot mess, and it wasn't just Bucks fans saying it either. Ross Jackson was getting in on the action. There were a lot of media members saying Sean Hockley is getting in the way of this football game. So he's the worst, and he should be fired, but referees are not held accountable, and um, nothing's going to happen, but at least he's not working championship weekend.
1: And we can say it because we don't work for the NFL, so we will be the voice of those who are uh, threatened with losing parts of their paycheck for speaking the truth. Um, again, look, it didn't cost them the game. It did not contribute no. to them rebounding from the slow start, obviously, but it didn't cost them the game. Ultimately, um, there is something, James, though, that some people have claimed did cost the Buccaneers the game. And I want to revisit it real quick. And that, of course, is the decision by defensive coordinator, Todd Bowles, <laughs> to blitz on the fi- what ended up being the final offensive play of the game for the Los Angeles for, for, the, for the entire game, set up the game-winning field goal, by Matt Gay and shout out to Stank of Loose Cannon's podcast because he sent out a tweet that said he knows he's in the minority, but he didn't have a problem with the Basically, saying what I said, go out, go down, fighting, go down, swing You you go out with your with your strength, not tucking your tail and hoping to, you, you know, you coach to win. You don't coach to not lose. And that's exactly what Todd Bowles did. Obviously, he got slayed for it. I got I got slayed in, in the premier comments I was watching and and definitely some opinions. Uh, about my ticket, that's fine. I knew it was coming. I expected, but you know what I'm honest guys and and if 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 you don't agree with my thoughts, you can at least hopefully give me some credit for being uh, honest. But here's the thing george Charui Ruri, I don't know how to say his name c h a h r o u r i of p f f fame. I don't know if he's famous or not. Um, somebody screenshotted a tweet that George had sent of PFF stats in the stank a so, uh, thread of comments, right? And I went in, there's like, yeah, let's see if stink gets all the hate that I got. Yeah. He got a bunch of the hate that I got, got it. And George basically says against the blitz all season long, Matt Stafford is fourth best according to PFS metrics against the blitz. Okay. First in EPA expected points awarded per play, right? That's, that's this funky PFF like way of assigning point values to every play. Right. Number one quarterback in the league against the blitz in expected points, whatever that means, basically producing points against the blitz. Got it. Pointed out that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers blitzed Matt Stafford 17 times, which tied for the most this season from any team. He didn't say which team was the other one. I didn't look it up on those 17 blitzes. Matt Stafford was 11 for 16, 69% threw for 136 yards and a touchdown and was sacked one time, eight and a half yards per play. Per attempt against the blitz for Matt Stafford on Sunday. Pretty damning numbers, Jimmy. When the Buccaneers didn't blitz James, (laughs) Matt Stafford was 17 to 22, 77% completion rate, 230 yards of offense, a touchdown, a sack, 10 and a half yards per attempt. So 8% higher. In completion rate, two yards per pass higher in yards per pass attempt, a touchdown in a sack. I mean, I get the season long rankings, and that's what a lot of people are leaning on. This is the best quarterback against the Blitz all year long. I got you. On Sunday, Matt Stafford almost 10% better in pass completions when the Buccaneers didn't blitz. Two full yards, six feet of space on the field better when the Buccaneers didn't blitz versus when they did. And mind you, that 11 for 16, 69%, 136 yards, 8.5 yards per play, James, includes that final play. You take that final play out of it when Todd made the call, that average yards per play is lower, and the percentage completion is lower when Todd Bowles makes that call. Now, because of the call, the numbers look inflated. But even with that call, even with that play, Matt Stafford was doing much better Sunday afternoon when the Buccaneers didn't blitz versus when they did. I rest my case. And now if, let Sean Hockley tell me who's right. And if the Bucs get home, we're not talking about it. And it was if. Yeah. And that, that's my point, right? Like if you just if you're just like, well, I just prefer I, soft coverage to blitz coverage. Got it.
0: I and you know, I have no problem blitzing. Just leave
1: me right. one guy in the back to prevent what happened. And They were supposed to be. Antoine Winfield was supposed to stay on top of Cooper Cup. I Go back just, to Monday if you want to hear the argument again. Send send someone yes. back like they're returning a punt. Just don't yeah. let that happen. Yeah. But so anyway. but but tell it's, Antoine Winfield that. Tell Antoine Winfield, keep five yards of coverage. If you're manned up on Cooper Cup, he should be five yards upfield compared to where you are. You should you should not let him get closer than five yards to you in that coverage. God. It's
0: gonna sting. It's gonna sting for a long time. But look, at the end of the day, Sean Hockley. Back to the nepotism issues in the NFL. Um, he's as useless as a smartphone on Mars. But something that's extremely useful and is on your smartphone here on Earth is an incredible app that we have to tell you about and anyone who buys gas has to know about. And of course, you know, I'm talking about Get Upside. Our listeners are making up 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. All you got to do is download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN. You get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch the cashback gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, your PayPal. You can redeem it for an e-gift card for Amazon or other brands. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code Touchdown to get up to fifty cents a gallon cashback on your first tank. That's promo code Touchdown. Let's hit that voicemail line one last time before we dive into segment three.
1: Hey guys, it's late in Tampa after approval. brutal. Lost. I want to say thanks to all the Bucks fans as well as the team. Um, great season. Just didn't pull it out at the end. I am proud of the way our team fought back. Um, we didn't pull it out, but that's okay. We got to move on and just got to start discussing the offseason, which I know you guys will do a brilliant job as you always did. So I will go Bucks, hang in their fans and let's just keep the momentum of a Tampa Bay going with all the rest of our teams.
0: Wrapping things up here on a Tuesday edition of the Locked on Bucks podcast. James Yarko, David Harrison. And real quick, we would like to send a special thank you to all of you who have been watching the show on YouTube. Uh, We we get these reports weekly from the, the network telling us about who's doing well and what's going on across all of the Locked on Podcast Network shows from our NFL group to the MLB, NHL, college, all of it. And you guys have made us one of the top five YouTube shows for the Locked On NFL group, even though we were one of the latest to start a YouTube show. Cannot say enough about how much we appreciate all of you interacting with us watching on youtube uh making fun of me in the comments section during the live chat because a lot of times i'm not in the live chat so david a- telling a- me how bad my takes are in the live chat. yeah <laughs> and that's perfectly fine uh we love yeah. all of it we yeah. love the opposing fans coming in yeah. and and talking about it. they're repping their team and they're supporting their team and we love it and we've david we've gained some followers of other teams because they they liked that we were honest about our takes yeah. and, and we try to be as honest as possible. But, David, we got one more thing to talk about, and it is hashtag draft season. Let's get to it. All
1: right, James. So here's what we got. And we and it's funny because we had a caller mention, you know, looking forward to draft content and what we had to say about the NFL draft. Well, here we go. No better time than the present to get started. Perfect. And uh, the guys over at Locked On NFL Draft, Eric Crocker, former uh, NFL defensive back, Uh, Also one of the hosts of the Locked On 49ers podcast. Locked On Niners podcast just all over the show right now. Yeah. Um, And then Ryan Tracy, one of the hosts of the Locked On Chiefs podcast, owner of uh, Rogue Analytics. They basically teamed up. They host the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Great content going on over there. All draft season. Definitely check them out. They put out their most recent mock draft. They're going to put one out for us every single week. And as the playoffs are going through, they're going to add the eliminated team. So next week they will be mocking for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, unfortunately, but they will be doing that today. We're going to do it. We're going to take the honors. We're going to do it. And real quick, let's take a look. It's on your screen right now if you're on YouTube. If you're not on YouTube, we'll run down the list real quick. But if you want to see it in real time, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars taking offensive lineman off the board of the number one overall pick. Kayvon Thibodeau goes to the Detroit Lions. Aiden Hutchinson to the Houston Texans. Derek Stingley Jr. to the Jets. The Giants get an offensive lineman to help Danny Dimes for some reason. Charles Cross. Uh, helps the offensive line in Carolina at pick number six. Garrett Wilson uh, of Ohio State fame goes to the New York Giants again to help that offense. Number eight, the Atlanta Falcons, NFC South Division rivals, take Andrew Booth Jr., cornerback out of Clemson. Kenny Pickett, first quarterback off the board, goes to the Denver Broncos, ninth overall. So apparently they don't trade for Aaron Rodgers in this world. Uh, David Ojabo out of Michigan goes to the New York Jets at number 10. Kyle Hamilton, the safety for Notre Dame, to Washington at 11. Jordan Davis to the Vikings at 12. Jahan Dotson, a guy that a lot of Bucks fans were really looking for, uh, goes at number 13 to the Cleveland Browns out of Penn State. DeMarvin Leal to the Baltimore Ravens at 14. Roger McCreary to the Eagles at 15. The Eagles again at 16. Take Trayvon Walker, edge rusher out of Georgia. Ahmad Gardner, one of my favorite players in this draft, James Cornerback out of Cincinnati, goes 17th overall. Matt Corral to the New Orleans Saints out of Ole Miss. And then you have Kenyon Green, offensive lineman going to the Eagles. Another offensive lineman goes to the Steelers. The Pat take a linebacker. Tyler Linderbaum, again, one of my favorite players in this year's first round, uh, pick number 22 to the Las Vegas Raiders. Trent McDuffie from uh, Washington goes to the Arizona Cardinals. Daxton Hill goes to the Dallas Cowboys. That is where the locked-on NFL draft mock finished. Mm-hmm. Then you have the teams eliminated this weekend. Uh, again, unfortunately, you have the Buffalo Bills. You have the uh, the Tennessee Titans. You have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Green Bay Packers. Tampa Bay fitting in that 27th spot overall. If you look at PFFs, you know, draft simulator, draft machine, whatever you want to call it, they have this little analysis bar where fans of the team, so Bucks fans, you guys can actually go here and vote, tell PFF what player you want. And if you're looking at this on YouTube, you can see it. If you're not, I'll tell you 14% of Bucks fans that voted want Jahan Dotson, the wide receiver out of Penn State. 10.6% want Roger McCreary, the cornerback out of Auburn. 29.9% want wide receiver in the first round. 27.5% 27.5% want cornerback in the first round. So looking at the Buffalo Bills numbers, what the fans want and what, the t- what they think the team needs. So I gave them Kair Elam, cornerback out of Florida. So we send Drake Jackson, edge rusher out of USC to the Tennessee Titans with the 26th pick, which James leaves us now 27th overall for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The highest drafted or voted for player that's still available is Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of Arkansas. And again, 29.9% want wide receiver. want corner. The board, George Karloftis, edge rusher out of Purdue, is the number one ranked guy on the big board. Drake London, wide receiver out of USC. Nicobe Dean, linebacker out of Georgia. Sam Howell, quarterback out of North Carolina. And Jamison Williams, wide receiver out of Alabama. That's your top five remaining players on this board. But you don't have to pick from the top five. So, James, let me ask you. Wide receiver is a want. Cornerback is a want. You know what this team has. You know what they're looking at. Where are you going for the Buccaneers at
0: twenty seven? So we all thought the wide receiver was going to be like a super duper deep position for the Bucks. Turns out it's not. I would love to have gone Jameson Williams here. Uh, I think he would have been absolutely electric in the Bucks offense, but he's dealing with the torn ACL that he was that he suffered in the national championship. So no clue as to whether or not he would actually be ready to play this year. You don't want to burn a number one pick on a guy that isn't going to be available to play this year. So unfortunately I have to rule Williams out. Like can't do it. Can't risk it. Before we were recording, you and I talked about Drake London. You said he's kind of like that Mike Evans style receiver. I love Mike Evans. I don't want another Mike Evans style receiver. I want someone that's a little bit more versatile. You know, that's why Chris Godwin is such a great compliment to Mike Evans is because he's not Mike Evans. He's big like Mike, but he does things that Mike doesn't do. So I don't think I'm really all that interested in Drake at of USC either. <sighs>
1: yeah. Say it. Say it's, it loud. Say it proud. It's Chris Olave. Let's from
0: go. The dude's a stud. Like, I have to put my, uh, like, if this was my Ohio State hater hat, I have to throw it over there because once he would become a Buccaneer, he's not a Buckeye anymore. He is a Buccaneer, and he would be absolutely fantastic in this offense. He had a career high in, in snaps out of the slot this year for Ohio State. He puts up numbers, he, almost a 1,000 yards this season, double-digit touchdowns in two out of three years with Ohio State. You add him into the mix with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, he's going to do everything that you wanted Antonio Brown to do, and then some, and he's not going to bring the drama with him. So yeah, it's Olave for me at, at this 27th spot. To me, that's a steal, like, yeah, dude would be a stud in this offense.
1: Absolutely. And I'll tell you right now, Ross Jackson, uh, host of the Locked on Saints podcast, so really rapid. wants Chris Olave in a Saints uniform. So all the more for the Buccaneers head. to yeah. grab him would be uh, pretty, pretty, pretty epic. And of course, I'm an Ohio State guy. If you guys have been listening or watching the show for an extended period of time, you know that. So I love me some Chris Olave. But here's the uh, but here's the other thing about it, too. Right. So Chris Olave, you see here, PFF has him ranked as their 20th overall player, getting him at 27. So obviously, there's a little bit of a of a gain there for you. Uh, for for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But you think about it, there there are conversations about whether or not Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State, who went seventh overall in this mock draft Mm -hmm. to the New York Giants, is the better NFL receiver or Chris. So in theory, you're getting a guy that arguably could be seen as a top 10 wide receiver in this class all the way down to pick 27. And it's because of the strength of wide receiver that we've been seeing come out of the college game. Look, Chris. Not as not as fast, not as shifty as Antonio Brown is, but he does a lot of good things in the short area of the field. He can work out of the slot if you need him to. He can work on the outside. And really with Chris Godwin, once he's healthy, you put him in the slot there. Oh, you have Mike Evans coming back. If you get Gronk back, it's even better. I think it's a great pick. And when you talk about Bruce Arians talking once again about reloading, not rebuilding, that's mm-hmm. exactly what you're doing. Where did your team hurt in, in 2021? I think it's cornerback. I think it's wide receiver. Now, where are you losing between 2021 and 22? That's still to be seen. So some of those things might come up too. But as it stands right now, really your biggest loss is Chris Godwin injured. And again, depending on his recovery time frame, he could miss the beginning of the season. So not only do you need a wide receiver three moving into next year, you need a wide receiver two potentially for at least the first couple of games, if not the first quarter uh, of the season. Chris Olave definitely fits that bill. I I think either way, James, what we know no matter who the Buccaneers pick at 27, they're going to have some good names to choose from. And real quick, for those that are screaming
0: at us in the comments section or at your radio or whatever the case may be, realize that cornerback very well could be a need, especially with the upcoming free agents. Uh, it, it We didn't scroll all the way down, but the best corner available, we're talking like mid to late second round as far as his his average draft position and his rank according to the big board there so right. it would have been a massive 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 reach to go with a corner there and it was the it was the kid out of washington i can't remember his name but the guy was like six foot you don't want another six foot co- vernon hargraves
1: forget it all um six yeah. two or more like you can't to yeah me you can't go six one and play in a man heavy scheme uh i just don't are you like the Saints might have Michael Thomas coming back next year. I mean, you can't you can't throw a 6-foot guy out. I'm I'm almost 6-foot. Trust me. You don't I've stood next to Michael Thomas. You don't want a guy this size playing next to Michael Thomas. No. No, so wide
0: receiver was, given how the board fell, that was the right move in that particular situation. But plenty of time to talk about that. We'll continue to dive into mock drafts. We're going to talk about free agency, all those things. But for now, David, we got to wrap this one up. So thank you to those of you that called in. Uh, we have more voicemails coming. We're loaded. I'll be back with Evan Klosky on tomorrow's episode. We'll hit a couple of more voicemails there. We'll get his opinions on what happened. Maybe I'll just let him talk about Chris Olave for an entire segment because yes, another another
1: but well, an actual Buckeye. I didn't go to Ohio State. Evan actually went he's, to Ohio State, so he's an actual Buckeye.
0: Actual Buckeye. So, but we do want to thank all of you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch every single day. Now make your second listen to Locked On Bets Podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from lee sterling you can give us a call and leave the voicemail at 813-444-5841 check out everything david and i are doing over at Bucksnation.com. make sure you're following along on twitter at locked at jrco underscore bucks at Harris 82 at bucks underscore nation hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day stay safe stay healthy wash your hands be good to one another we thank you so much for joining us right here at
1: locked on bucks